right, welcome back to another edition of How to Beat Your Addiction with John Giordano. I'm Scott Jones, your host. But, John, this is uh, this is your deal here. And how you doing, brother? Well, I'm alive, above ground, and I'm healthy. And you're healthy. So far. That's hard to say these days, right? You better believe it. Every time I think we're rounding the corner, it, it's like we get another spike. What is yeah. going on out there? What, what, what do you see when you're out walking around and doing things well, as know, a normal guy? It, it, it's, there's so much misinformation out there. Okay, everybody's believing it. Yeah. Uh, look, I look at it this way. You know, it's like anything else in the world. Okay? It's like believing in God. There's those who don't believe in God. It's okay. Yeah. Okay? There's those who believe in God. But I look at it this way. I believe in God. If I'm right, I'm in good shape. Okay? If right. I'm wrong, eh, okay. But the other group, if they're wrong, they're in deep stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the same thing with a mask. All right? You put a mask on. You don't believe it works? It's okay. All right? So wear it anyway, because if, if you don't, yeah. <laughs> what's the alternative here? Uh, it, it's a, I mean, come on. Let's be honest, John. I mean, and everybody out there knows. It's a pain. It's a pain in the butt. I can't tell you how many times I pull up to the store. I get out of my car. I lock the car. I walk across the parking lot. I get all the way to the right, and I, I forgot my mask. Bitch, I yeah. forgot my mask, and I got to right. go back and I get do the same thing. Well, it's look. a pain in the butt, but you know what? How much of an inconvenience is it? You know, this is the world we're in. And what yeah. people don't realize, they say, well, you know, most people don't get sick. Okay, well, maybe that's true. But are you in the most people group or are you in the other group? And most, that's a true story. And most Americans are very unhealthy. High blood pressure. They have all kinds of illnesses. Okay, they're overweight. You got yeah. obesity. Yeah. You got a lot of stuff. Realize that this stuff can affect you for a long time. Look, you don't have to believe in anybody. You don't have to believe in anything. It's just sometimes it's common sense. Okay, If you've got a bunch of people saying wearing a mask and you got a bunch of people saying don't wear a mask, look at who's saying it, number one. And number two, what is their agenda? And number three, you take a shot, you wear the mask, what's the big deal? Yeah, now, but let me set this up real quick, John, because, you know, the Internet's a great thing, you know. Not just for porn, just telling you. It's not. There's, a, I don't know. there's I don't great things out there on the Internet. But, but um, a lot of people, like, ask questions of either treatment centers or um, agencies like SAMHSA and uh, NADAC and different places, and they're always asking questions well, a about lot of people addiction. Don't, I don't even think a lot of people know what, the, what you just said, what, what that is. Well, SAMHSA is the... Um, Society for Addiction Medicine. Right, right. And NADAC is the National Association of Addiction and Drug... Or National Association well, of for those who don't know, these are, these are national yeah. uh, uh, organizations that um, uh, do science. They track addictions all over the country. Yeah, they do a number of different things. So just please, so you know. Yeah. Okay. And you know, and this includes you know like uh, uh, National Institutes of Health and different places. But anyway, where we're at here is people are always asking questions. So I thought I would ask you and give you a chance to answer questions that pop up all the time. These aren't just like one at a time. And the very first one. That but is that going to be like the emoji? Like you hit the thing in the head, and the other guy pops up. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's oh, okay, a whack a mole. Okay. We're doing whack a mole with the questions Whack a mole. That's what it is. We're doing whack a question. I'm real bad on these uh, these uh, <laughs> these different things. This is what this is like being on a game show. What's made act? What's this? <laughs> Who knows? I probably even got it wrong, but that's okay. When you're in the yeah. business for so long, you just learn the acronym, but you forget what the actual it stands for. Well, what it stands for, right? Yeah, because you know, I'm at a conference. I say NADAC, Everybody knows what it is. Somebody right. else asked me. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's something, though. I'm telling you. Okay, so the first one, and this one comes up all the time because it's been some debate about it. Is addiction really a disease, or is it simply a, a failing of, of, of self-will or a failing of, of character? Is it well, a disease? So you got to look at it this way. If it wasn't a disease, the insurance companies would even pay for it. Okay. That's number one. All right. Okay. Uh, number two. I didn't think we were going to base an answer on insurance companies. That's well, great. you know, unfortunately, <laughs> the that won't that, happen often, folks. Yeah, they're the ones that design treatment programs. You yeah. won't believe what's going on out there. We're going to talk about that next show. Yeah, make sure you watch the next, next show. Next show, we're going to talk about how to pick a treatment center and what you want to look for. 
Yes. Okay. So is it a disease, and you're saying insurance companies designate Well, listen, so, we, so. We, Dr. Blum founded the, the, the gene. He's a co-founder, him and Ernie Noble, uh, genetically, that there is a gene for addiction. It's the DRD2 ALE1 gene variant, okay? Now, that doesn't mean you're going to be an addict, okay, because there's such thing as epigenetics, which means the social environment, okay, can actually change what is called the gene expression. But that's one piece. Uh, the other piece is addiction always has, always, as far as I'm concerned, depression and anxiety attached to it. Right. And other mental health issues. So there's always comorbidity. It's not just drugs and alcohol. Right, right. So, and we already know those are all diseases. So, you know. I think I think maybe, John, where, where some of the issue comes in is when uh, some people get offended when they say it's a disease just like cancer. Um, and I know, and here's, an, here's something I've heard from somebody. Maybe you can address this in a more intelligent way than I have in the past. But uh, they're like, listen, my, my, my mom had cancer, and she didn't have, she couldn't make a choice and change that. Uh, but with addiction, you can make healthy choices and change it. So it doesn't fall well, into the same know, category. That's, so that's, that's, but that's an interesting premise. Yeah. And I want to say why I said that. Okay. We still don't know, is cancer done genetically? Mm -hmm. Okay. Is it passed down from family member to family member? They say yes, some say no. Yeah, okay. it's right. up in the air. Sure. Okay. But also let's look at lifestyles. Do we have a choice? Okay, most people's lifestyles, they smoke cigarettes. They eat foods that are toxic. They work in toxic environments. Okay. Right. All of these things. So... You know, that's kind of iffy and, uh, about cancer. I've got any disease, uh, different autoimmune diseases. Uh, we talked about the gut, which is called the microbiome, where autoimmune diseases are manufactured, to put it that way, yes. are born. Yeah. Okay? So let's look at what's really going on. I mean, if you look at our water supply, our air supply, and our food supply, if you're wondering why there's cancer on the rise, and if you're wondering why all this other stuff, all these different diseases are like, obese, you know, like you got the, um, diabetes, all right? Uh, you got to look at people's diet. If you look at Native Americans' diet, they're very prevalent as diabetes. They're, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, because they eat a lot of corn, a lot of uh, carbs, a lot of, you know, they're, they're very carboholics. Okay. Okay. All right. So it's very prevalent with them. And, and, and when you go to the African-American community, you're looking at also, you're looking at diabetes and especially high blood pressure. Right. Okay. So each culture has its, its things. And then, but all of it is melding into one another where even with Caucasians or whatever, we're all getting the same stuff because we're all eating the similar things. I mean, I've been to China about four times. And... The last time I went to China, I think it was, I don't know, about three years ago, four years ago. And you never usually see an overweight Chinese person. Well, guess what? That changed. They got Kentucky Fried Chicken over there. They got Burger King over there now. <laughs> I mean, really? I mean, we laugh. But it's true. All right? Our and gift, they our love. Gift, our gift to the world. Like, they love KFC. Okay? And, you know, all these different, all these different foods that they don't normally eat. All right, and and it's causing a, a, a havoc there. Wow, wow. So let's circle back around. Addiction is a disease. You That's, know, based on. I tell you what, Scott. Let's do yeah, it this way. You could call it whatever you there like. There we go. Yeah. Okay. How's that? You don't want to call it a disease? Don't call it a disease. Call it. A malady. Uh, I don't want yeah. to. I don't care what you want to call it. But first of all, is it killing people? Yes. Okay, do people continue to use in spite of adverse consequences? Absolutely. All right? So and it, it doesn't does, matter what we're calling it. Let's fix it. It does change your brain chemistry and do all yeah, those things. So it, does, so it does match some of those it, it symptomologies. Matches, uh, I think the difference is, is, you know, the treatment is so different from other diseases because the treatment is based upon... Uh, better decision making and stuff. Although you could do that with some other you know, diseases, that, you like know, you that's, said. That's interesting that you said that because you know what what happens is it takes a long time for things to trickle down 
information to trickle down. Like I work with a bunch of scientists from all over the world. I've been lecturing to like, I don't know, right now it's up to about maybe 300 countries. Okay? I've been, you know, to Taipei, I've been to Budapest, and Chicago, Baltimore, all these different places with all the neuroscience conferences. And what's interesting, okay, is we call it a medical model treating addiction. Mm. It's yes. not a medical model. It's a psychological model. So it, 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 if you look at the whole history, the last 60, 70 years, you look at willpower, they're not strong enough in their mind. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's all in the mind. Uh, you know, they're depressed. And that, no. The problem is, is that this body is a system. It's not a head walking around the dining room. Okay? That's a creepy thought. It's a whole, it's a whole person walking around. You imagine just a head walking around? Hey, don't go to treatment. Just send your head there. The body stays home. But the bottom line is, is that we're not looking at other diseases. And that's what we talk about, like uh, hypoglycemia and, and uh, uh, H. pylori and leaky gut syndrome and closed head injuries and, 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 and uh, low thyroid and heavy metal toxicity. All of these are contributing factors to addiction, depression, and anxiety. So what are we doing? We're, I call our form of medicine the Band-Aid medicine. Okay, we put band-aids on symptoms. And instead of finding out what's driving these things, we medicate it. All right, we numb it out. Mm, okay? Yeah, yeah. Now, once we're medicated, oh, I feel okay. I feel like a zombie, but I'm okay. Look, you've got to find out what's driving all this stuff. You know, if you've got diabetes, you'll find out your, your insulin's not working. You're not processing insulin properly. You're... Your pancreas is not working right. Sure. Um, you know, all these things. Now, why did this happen? All right? And then you can backtrack and see if you can fix any of this thing, you know, with the current knowledge we have. Um, it, it's just amazing how we look at medicine. The, the Orientals look at medicine completely different. Uh, if you mix the Western and Eastern philosophies together, you've got a pretty good shot of fixing things. Um, why is it? They just can't just say, okay, I've kind of had enough, I'm done, and I'll stop, and then life go back to normal. Why, what are you why, talking about, an addict? An addict. Why is somebody who's, who's addicted, alcoholic, drug addict, uh, whatever it might be, you know, maybe they're sick and tired. Maybe they really want to quit. Why can't they just say, I'm not going to do it anymore? What is it that keeps drawing them back? Well, you know, believe it or not, Scott, there are a very, very, very small number of people that do that. Okay? Right. They just quit for some reason or another, and they're able to. But there's also a reason for that. Okay? There is different levels of addiction. There's also different types of addiction. And there's also different types of people that are addicts. Not all addicts will rob you and, and rape you and do all that. Uh, a lot of, matter of fact, a lot of them are, are very astute people, business people, doctors, nurses. Yeah. You know, there's all kinds of people. So uh, addiction knows no boundaries, and it knows no. It doesn't. It doesn't um, care about what culture or what uh, what you are, who you are, how much money you have. Uh, it crosses all boundaries. So the bottom line is, why can't they quit? There's a number of reasons that cause that. Okay, and 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 some of them is are is that uh, their brain is offline. It's not working correctly. Look, you're throwing chemicals on. Something that God made, a beautiful brain, a beautiful computer. I'll put it that way, okay? So you got to look at it this way. You, you, like you have a computer over there, Scott. If it, it, it works great, okay? But the problem is if, I, if he gets his virus, then it's two and two is now six. But the computer is a great computer. But the virus is infiltrating it, okay? And it's giving it wrong information. So therefore, it's acting in the wrong way. So that's what happens with the brain. The brain gets damaged. And that's what I keep telling people. And it's beyond my understanding why people don't understand that. I, I guess it's a little hard to understand. But I think the way you just put it with the virus and, you know, um, the, the drugs or alcohol get into the brain, 
And it actually kind of rewires the brain to a certain extent so that the wrong information is being processed, right? I mean, well, there, is, there is a physical change. Absolutely. And you see, what also happens is people that are genetically predisposed, are, they have what is known as low dopamine or serotonin, okay? These are the feel-good drugs that we manufacture naturally. And that's what addicts, okay, people that have addictions. I don't want to just say alcohol and drugs because there's a lot of different things that right, people right. to. This is what, what we're trying to do. We're trying to get dopamine, okay? We're trying to get serotonin. We want to get that buzz, that feeling good. And, and, and the problem is, is that we're using the wrong methodology to achieve that goal. And once you start, you know, it, it's like, look, I take a pill, I'm high, okay? Oh, I got to meditate? Oh, I got to exercise? Well, yeah, it's easy. I just take this pill and I can buzz around, mm. okay? But there's a price, and the price is very high. You know, it's like buying that cup that you have on your desk here that's maybe worth 50 cents, a dollar, $10, whatever, and paying $1,000 for that cup. Now, why would you want to pay $1,000 for a cup unless it was made of gold or something? Right. All right? So the bottom line is is that the price you're paying for using is extremely high. You alienate yourself from all the people you love. You alienate yourself from a God if you understand, if you ever even believed in God. Okay? You alienate yourself from all the possibilities that you can do with your life. You know? Us addicts, what we do is uh, we play victim, poor me, and blame everybody. All right? Instead of looking at ourselves. And, 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 and family members can't understand this. They go, what did I do wrong? Why don't they listen? They have so much potential. I don't understand. But that's the problem. You don't understand. Well, let me ask you a question. Who smokes cigarettes here? So a couple people raise their hand. Who drinks coffee every day? I said, I want you to quit for a month. And you should have heard them doing a the dance. Oh, wait, wait a second. What do you mean I have to quit? I said, look, look what you're going through. We all know cigarettes kill you, all right? And you're defending it. Okay, what do you think addicts do? It's 100 times worse. Wow. That's I a mean, good point, yeah. I mean, what are you doing? You're talking about other people's behaviors, and then a person's 50 pounds overweight, and they're going, I don't understand why that guy's doing drugs. I'll look in the mirror. <laughs> you know, you actually, you, you were making, you mentioned family several times while you were talking just now. And that leads me into my next question that we hear a lot of, and we, we have a lot of people asking is what is the best way for a family member to help somebody who they suspect has a problem? And let me take it one step further. What if they approach them and they are not responsive to talking about it? What should family members do? Are they helpless to do anything? Well, here's the deal, okay? I'm a family member of children that are addicts. Right. The only difference is, is that being a therapist and being a recovering addict myself, okay, I have the tools, okay, on how to deal with this stuff. And I'll give you a couple of instances for instance. Okay. Okay. My son got arrested, okay, for being a lookout for people that were robbing houses. Calls me up from jail. And he goes, Dad, Dad, you got to get me out. I says, get you out of what? He said, well, I'm in jail. I said, for what? And he told me. I said, well, you made a bad choice, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. I said, well, good. Stay there, okay? I'm not getting you out. So we went to court because he, you know, he does drugs. So we went to court, and the judge knew me, and they said, well, John, I'm going to remand him to your custody. I said, Your Honor, may I speak? She said, sure. I said, would you put him on house arrest, please, number one? And number two, could you mandate him to treatment because he needs help? Because I don't want to be back here again? He says, absolutely. My son hated me. Hated me, okay? But that's what I needed to do. You see, it's not about the addict so much. It's about, oh, parents feeling bad. I don't want him to hate me. Right. Well, you want him to either hate you, not hate you, or you want to go to a funeral. His. Okay? Or maybe yours because you're stressed out. Okay? So what I tell our people all the time is you can love your significant to death. These are hard choices. Somebody, their brain's not working right. Somebody's got to help them make that decision. Okay? 
and hopefully they get well, like my kids. All right? Uh, if they don't, you did the best you could. But just laying around, making like it doesn't exist, okay, or saying, well, they don't want help, so I'm not even going to pay attention to them anymore. Okay, but then most parents don't. They buy them a car, they buy them an apartment if they can afford it. Um, they enable them somehow, some way. All right, um, look, you want to know what to do? I'll tell you what to do. It's real simple. They want help? Help them. Because parents are more afraid that they're going to get blamed or it's, the, it's not your fault that your son, your daughter, your, your husband, your wife, your whatever, your cousin makes a choice to do that. It's, it's kind of a, it's a strange paradox that they're concerned about losing them uh, to their addiction. But then, on the other hand, they're afraid of losing them if they draw a line about their addiction. No, because so they don't want to get it's blamed. Kind of like, yeah, oh, it's, it's, it's their fault. Yeah. Oh, if I didn't let him go out, he maybe would have never died. Baloney. Yeah. Don't believe that. That's garbage. They're going to do what they're going to do, addicts, regardless of what you say, what you do, Okay. Until they learn, until they hit bottom, whatever that means, okay? So for you parents out there, seek help. Get an interventionist to come in there, okay? Uh, I've done many interventions, all right? And, and, and the bottom line is it's, uh, it's kind of crazy when you start to look at the family dynamics. You know, I always said this, and maybe some families will get upset what I'm going to say is I've always found out that families are sicker than the addict. <laughs> no, it makes sense, John. I mean, they get all the craziness, and they don't even have the ability to get high. They just, all they get is, and they keep coming back for more. Well, and another thing is this. One of the addict's favorite song is, well, you drink, you smoke pot, so why are you bothering me? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, for those who do that, okay? Uh, I mean, it's like almost like a cartoon that what's going on. If it wasn't so sad, it would be funny. And yeah, I agree. So one of the points you made that you kind of was the enabling. Uh, now you certainly can't affect and, and make somebody want to get sober. You can't. You, I mean, you can certainly push them in the right direction and do different things, but you can't make somebody. But I'll tell you what you can do is you can absolutely enable them and make it worse. Uh, enabling is about the worst thing you can do by protecting them from their disease, well, right? Well, you see, everybody's talking about put the, the, put the addict to treatment. Well, let, let me explain something to all of you out there. Okay. Everyone needs to go to treatment. Everyone. All the family members that are involved with this person and the person. You need to go to Al-Anon or Naranon. You need help, too. You need help to deal with your own pain, your anguish, your own stress, and how to deal but the crazy addict that you love and hate at the same time. <laughs> well, you just answered my next question because I was going to say, you know, uh, family members are a lot of times are suggested go to Al-Anon, learn how to take, and their first response is, I'm not the one with the problem. Right. Well, So what is what? it they need to do, John? Why do they need to do that? Well, Besides, real, you said they're sick simple. too. But A lot of the addicts live at home with, with, the, yeah. with the significant other or the family members. And... I don't have the problem. They do. Well, guess what? You have the problem living with you. So, right. therefore, you got the problem. Absolutely. All right? And if they're not living with you, they're living in your head. All right? So, they're renting space in your head for free. So, who has the problem? Everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you had to, if you had to like, uh, point out, uh, and I know this is really hard to do, but... Again, we're talking to people who don't have a lot of experience with addiction, and they're trying to learn. You know, what are some really, what are the, if you had to pick the keys to a successful recovery? Um, I, I think before, it, it can't be as simple as just go to meetings. It's got to, is there a key to? Absolutely. It's like anything else in life. But before we go on to that, let, let's, I'd like to talk about why the family members or the significant others have a hard time with this. First oh, of yeah, all, please. they're angry. Right. Okay. That's number one. Number two, they blame themselves, some of them. Okay. And and, and, and number three, they feel taken advantage of. Okay. Because yeah. they allowed it, but, you know. Right. It's like reverse. The addict blames everybody, and the family members blame the addict. <laughs> Knowledge is powerful, but if there's no action, 
It's worthless. It's like you, my mother-in-law, God rest her soul, had a driver's license. She never drove a car. She took the test, and that was it. She never drove the car because she had anxiety. She was afraid of crashing. Wow. So what good was the license? <laughs> okay? So it, it's the same thing. Look, this journey of recovery, okay, is a journey of learning how to live a quality life. Look, I know a lot of addicts and alcoholics and eating disorder people. They list all, a lot of people that have addictions. They stop drugs and alcohol, okay? But that's only the beginning of the journey. First of all, they wind up dying from heart attacks, obesity, especially heroin addicts. They get very overweight. Right, right. Okay. Uh, they become carboholics, actually. Uh, and what happens is if they don't take care of their body and they don't take care of the whole the gift that God gave us, this, this beautiful body that we have, okay, and mind and spirit and soul, you don't take care of it. It's not going to take care of you. I mean, I work my butt off, okay, I'm 74 years old. I don't want to be taking medications and, and, and wind up in hospital stays. and, uh, and all. I look for anything and everything that can help me, okay, live a quality life. You know, how to get rid of my stress. Or at least minimize the damn thing. Look, stuff happens in life. People die. People get betrayed. People get divorced. People lose jobs. I mean, come on, man. That's life. Okay? You know, people say, well, I don't have any money, and that's why this, you know. Well, you have something that was a gift. And God gave us, I believe, this gift of life. And it's what you do with that life is you give back to God if you believe in God or higher power or whatever you want to call it. I don't really care. Okay? So the bottom line is is that you have to take care of this. Otherwise, what good is, 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 is stopping drugs and alcohol or anything like that and, and, and walking around where you're, you're not happy, you're, you're sick all the time, and all you do is, you know, when people get older, you know what they talk about? Have I got a doctor for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what medication are you on? Okay? And, and, and the older people go, does he drive at night? You know, because, I mean, for God's sake, okay? Getting older, uh, you know, if you don't take care of yourself, it's a, it could be a life of misery. Absolutely. Absolutely. John, we're, we're, I mean, we're flying through our time here today. But I wanted to get two more in very quickly, two okay. more questions that I think are very important. Uh, first, is it ever too late to ask for help? Yes. I mean, because some people... No, no, that's a good question. Oh, okay, all right. You know, you, you, yes, it is too late. You know when it's too late? When? When you're dead. When you're dead. You can't ask. <laughs> I think I ask because some people are like, no, they're too far gone. Or, no, they've been doing this too long, they're never going to change. And some people put that on people, but... Listen, I mean, you and I both know we've seen people change that well, even us, even us at times said there's no way, listen, and they do it. Let me tell you something. People I thought that would get this didn't, and people I thought that wouldn't get it got it. You know, I worked at a, a 55 bed indigent facility that people that have HIV and had psychiatric components as well as addiction. These were homeless people that were eating out of dumpsters. The only place they had to go was either death or up in recovery, right? A lot of them chose recovery. Some of them chose death. Right. Okay? But these people were like, lost everything. Had nothing anymore. The dignity. Everything was gone. Okay? Some of them were millionaires at one time, believe it or not. Because of their addiction, lost everything. Wow. Family members. Everything. I don't know if some people can relate to losing everything. The only thing they had left is this gift that was given to them at birth. Okay? And a lot of them decided to change and to appreciate what they did have instead of what they don't have. And that's why we do this program, to give back what was so freely given to us 
by people that I thought were full of shit in plain English. Okay? <laughs> that I couldn't believe that they would want to help somebody they don't know. I was wondering what angle they were, you know, I'm a street kid looking for the angle they had. Yeah, the angle was they wanted to help me. Okay? I stuck around because this stuff works. And it was working when I didn't even know it worked. Everybody was telling me that I was getting better, and I told them they're nuts. I feel like shit in plain English. Okay, did you use today? I said, no. They said, yeah, it's already better. Right. So that's my message. Well, I appreciate it, John, and I know I hit you with some questions that you weren't expecting and stuff, but these are things that people ask. Um, now, they can go and get more information about you and how to contact you by going to johnjgiordano.com and uh, certainly contact you that way. You're, you're always willing to help and answer questions. Absolutely. Look, I'm in, on the website, I think there's about 49 medical and scientific peer-reviewed journals. Okay? Uh, I believe in going to the science end, not just the talking end. Okay? So everything I have is evidence-based. All the knowledge I pass on to you is that, do we do more research? There's always more research. Yeah. You know? yeah. Remember, we're a society of more. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, and anybody who thinks they always have the answers, I know, you know, I know what means I they, means, means they know nothing. No, you know what I know? I don't know. As long yeah. as I can stay as a student, I'm in good shape. All I got to know is that what I know today might not be the truth tomorrow. So wake up tomorrow and look at tomorrow's truth and, and keep learning. That's all there is to it, John. Nothing else. Um, and, and we appreciate everybody out there uh, watching, and we hope you'll encourage others to watch. And, of course, uh, this is uh, shown uh, – Several places, including the ATC Network on YouTube, so make sure you like that please, and subscribe please, to that. Please do me a fa us a favor and, and, and uh, share it with everybody on your network. Maybe we can help one life. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. One life. Think of that. And that's important. One life is important all the time. Make sure you tune in for our next show. We're going to talk uh, specifically about choosing treatment centers, which I think really needs to be talked about. We're going to dedicate a whole show to that. Because there's a lot of things that people get tripped up on, and maybe they're looking at the wrong things, John. Oh, let me tell you maybe something. Maybe they like it's, the pictures of the ponies, right? It's, right. It's, a, <laughs> it's a nightmare out there. Well, we're going to talk specifically about that. But for now, uh, for John Giordano, I'm Scott Jones. We want to thank you so much for joining us right here on How to Beat Your Addiction. We'll see you next time. Adios. Welcome back to another edition of How to Beat Your Addiction with John Giordano. I'm Scott Jones, your host. But, John, this is, uh, this is your deal here. And how you doing, brother? Well, I'm alive, above ground, and I'm healthy. And you're healthy. So far. That's hard to say these days, right? You, you better believe it. Every time I think we're rounding the corner, it, it's like we get another spike. What is yeah. going on out there? What, what, what do you see when you're out walking around and doing things well, as know, a normal guy? It, it, it's There's so much misinformation out there, okay? Everybody's <laughs> believing it. Yeah. Uh, look, I look at it this way. You know, it's like anything else in the world, okay? It's like believing in God. There's those who don't believe in God. It's okay. Yeah. Okay? There's those who believe in God. But I look at it this way. I believe in God. If I'm right, I'm in good shape, okay? If right. I'm wrong, eh, okay. But the other group, if they're wrong, they're in deep stuff. <laughs> so it's the same thing with a mask. All right? You put a mask on. You don't believe it works, it's okay. All right? So wear it anyway, because if, if you don't, yeah. what's the alternative here? Uh, it, it's a, I mean, come on, let's be honest, John. I mean, and everybody out there knows. It's a pain. 
It's a pain in the butt. I can't tell you how many times I pull up to the store. I get out of my car. I lock the car. I walk across the parking lot. I get all the way to the right, door. And I, I said, forget son my of mask. a bitch, I yeah. forgot my mask. And I got to right. go back and I get do the same thing. Well, it's look, a pain in the butt. But you know what? How much of an inconvenience is it? You know, this is the world we're in. And what yeah. people don't realize, they say, well, you know, most people don't get sick. Okay, well, maybe that's true. But are you in the most people group or are you in the other group? And most, that's a true story. And most Americans are very unhealthy. High blood pressure. They have all kinds of illnesses. Okay, they're overweight. You got obesity. Yeah. Yeah. You got a lot of Realize that this stuff can affect you for a long time. Look, you don't have to believe in anybody. You don't have to believe in anything. It's just sometimes it's common sense. Okay, if you got a bunch of people saying wearing a mask, and you got a bunch of people saying don't wear a mask, look at who's saying it. Number one, and number two, what is their agenda? And number three, you take a shot, you wear the mask. What's the big deal? Yeah. Now, but let me set this up real quick, John, because you know, the internet's a great thing. You know. Not just for porn. Just telling you, it's not. There's, I don't know. There's I don't great things out there on the internet, but but um, a lot of people like ask questions of either treatment centers or um, agencies like SAMHSA and uh, NADAC and different places, and they're always asking questions well, a about lot of people addiction. Don't, I don't even think a lot of people know what the just what you just said what what that is. Well, SAMHSA is the um, Society for Addiction Medicine, right? Right, and NADAC is the National Association of Addiction and Drug. Or National Association well, of Addiction for those and who Drug don't, Alcohol oh, these, are, these are national yeah. uh, uh, organizations that um, uh, do science. They track addictions all over the country. Yeah. They do a number of different things. So just please, so you know. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, and this includes, you know, like uh, uh, National Institute of Health and different places. But anyway, where we're at here is people are always asking questions. So I thought I would ask you and give you a chance to answer questions that pop up all the time. These aren't just like one at a time. And the very first one that Wait, is that going to be like the emoji? Like you hit the thing on the head, the other guy pops up? Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's oh, okay, a okay, whack-a-mole. Okay. We're doing whack-a-mole with the questions here. Whack-a-mole. That's whack what it is. We're doing whack a question. I'm real bad on these uh, these uh, <laughs> these different things. This is what's, this is like being on a game show. What's Nate like, What's this? Who knows? I probably even got it wrong, but that's okay. When you're in the yeah. business for so long, you just learn the acronym, but you forget what the actual it stands for. Well, what it stands for, right? Yeah, because you know, I'm at a conference. I say Nate Everybody knows what it is. Somebody right. else asked me. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's something, though. I'm telling. You. Okay, so the first one, and this one comes up all the time because it's been some debate about it. Is addiction really a disease, or is it simply a, a failing of, of, of self-will or a failing of, of character? Is it well, a disease? Well, you got to look at it this way. If it wasn't a disease, the insurance companies would even pay for it. Okay. That's number one. All right. Okay. Uh, number two. I didn't think we were going to base an answer on insurance companies. That's well, great. you know, unfortunately, <laughs> they're the that ones won't that, happen often, folks. They're, they're the ones that design treatment programs. You yeah. won't believe what's going on out there. We're going to talk about that next show. Yeah, make sure you watch the next, next show. Next show, we're going to talk about how to pick a treatment center and what you want to look for. Yes. Okay. So is it a disease? And you're saying insurance companies designate Well, listen, so, we, so. we Dr. Blum founded the, the, the gene. He's a co-founder, him and Ernie Noble. Uh, genetically that there is a gene for addiction. It's the DRD2-ALE1 gene variant, okay? Now, that doesn't mean you're going to be an addict, okay, because there's such thing as epigenetics, which means the social environment, okay, can actually change what is called the gene expression. But that's one piece. Uh, the other piece is addiction always has, always, as far as I'm concerned, depression and anxiety attached to it. Right. And other mental health issues. So there's always comorbidity. It's not just drugs and alcohol. Right. right. So, and we already know those are all diseases. So, you know. I think, I think maybe, John, where, where some of the issue comes in is when uh, some people get offended when they say it's a disease just like cancer. Um, and I know, and here's, a, here's something I've heard from somebody. Maybe you can address this in a more intelligent way than I have in the past, but... Uh, they're like, listen, my, my, my mom had cancer and she didn't have, she couldn't make a choice and change that. Uh, but with addiction, you can make healthy choices and change it. So 
it doesn't fall well, into the same know, category. That's, so that's, that's, but that's an interesting premise. Yeah. And I want to say why I said that. Okay. We still don't know, is cancer done genetically? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it passed down from family member to family member? They say yes. Some say no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's right? up in the air. Sure. Okay. But also, let's look at lifestyles. Do we have a choice? Okay. Most people's lifestyles, they smoke cigarettes. They eat foods that are toxic. They work in toxic environments. Okay. Right. All of these things. So, you know, that's kind of iffy and uh, about cancer. Okay. I've got any disease. Uh, different autoimmune diseases. Uh, we talked about the gut, which is called the microbiome, where autoimmune diseases are manufactured, to put it that way, yes. are born. Yeah. Okay? So let's look at what's really going on. I mean, if you look at our water supply, our air supply, and our food supply, if you're wondering why there's cancer on the rise, and if you're wondering why all this other stuff, all these different diseases are like, I'll be, you know, like you got the, um, diabetes, all right? Uh, you got to look at people's diet. If you look at Native Americans' diet, they're very prevalent as diabetes. They're, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, because they eat a lot of corn, a lot of uh, carbs, a lot of, you know, they're, they're very carboholics. Okay. Okay? All right. So it, it's very prevalent with them. And, and, and when you go to the African-American community, you're looking at also, you're looking at diabetes and especially high blood pressure. Right. Okay? So each culture has its its things. And then, but all of it is melding into one another where even with Caucasians or whatever, we're all getting the same stuff because we're all eating the similar things. I mean, I've been to China about four times. And the last time I went to China, I think it was, I don't know, about three years ago, four years ago. And you never usually see an overweight Chinese person. Well, guess what? That changed. They got Kentucky Fried Chicken over there. They got Burger King over there now. <laughs> I mean, really? I mean, we laugh, but it's true. All right? Our and gift, they our love... Gift, our gift to the world. Right, they love KFC. Okay? And, you know, all these different all these different foods that they don't normally eat, all right? And, and it's causing a, a, a havoc there. Wow. Wow. So let's circle back around. Addiction is a disease, you know, based on... I'll tell you what, Scott, let's do it this way. You could call it whatever you like. There we go. Okay, how's that? You don't want to call it a disease? Don't call it a disease. Call it... A malady. I don't don't care what you want to call it. First of all, is it killing people? Yes. Okay, do people continue to use in spite of adverse consequences? Absolutely. All right? So... And it, it doesn't does, matter what we're calling it. Let's fix it. It does change your brain chemistry and do all yeah, those things. Everything. So it does. So it does match some of those it, symptomologies. It matches, uh, I think the difference is, is you know, the treatment is so different from other diseases because the treatment is based upon uh, better decision making and stuff. Although you could do that with some other you know, diseases, that, you like know, you that's, said. That's interesting that you said that because you know what what happens is it takes a long time for things to trickle down information to trickle down. Like, I work with a bunch of scientists from all over the world. I've been lecturing to, like, I don't know, right now it's up to about maybe 300 countries, okay? I've been, you know, to Taipei, I've been to Budapest, and Chicago, Baltimore, all these different places with all the neuroscience conferences. And what's interesting, okay, is we call it a medical model treating addiction. Mm, it's yes. not a medical model. It's a psychological model. So it, 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 if you look at the whole history, the last 60, 70 years, you look at willpower, they're not strong enough in their mind. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's all in the mind. Uh, you know, they're depressed. And that, no. The problem is, is that this body is a system. It's not a head walking around the dining room. Okay, that's it's, a creepy thought. It's a whole, it's a whole person walking around. You imagine just a head walking around. Hey, don't go to treatment. Just send your head there. The body stays home. But the bottom line is, is that we're not looking at other diseases, and that's what we talk about, like uh, hypoglycemia and and uh, uh, H. pylori and leaky gut syndrome and 
closed head injuries and and and, and uh, low thyroid and heavy metal toxicity. All of these are contributing factors to addiction, depression, and anxiety. So what are we doing? We're, I call our form of medicine the Band-Aid medicine, okay? We put Band-Aids on symptoms. And instead of finding out what's driving these things, we medicate it, all right? We numb it out, mm, okay? Yeah, yeah. Now, once we're medicated, oh, I feel okay. I feel like a zombie, but I'm okay. Look, you got to find out what's driving all this stuff. You know, if you got diabetes, you find out your, your insulin's not working. You're not processing insulin properly. Your, your pancreas is not working right. Sure. Um, you know, all these things. Now, why did this happen? All right? And then you can backtrack and see if you can fix any of this thing, you know, with the current knowledge we have. Um, it, it's just amazing how we look at medicine. The, the Orientals look at medicine completely different. Uh, if you mix the Western and Eastern philosophies together, you got a pretty good shot of fixing things. Um, why is it they just can't just say, okay, I've kind of had enough, I'm done, and I'll stop, and then life go back to normal? Why, what are you why, talking about, an addict? An addict. Why is somebody who's, who's addicted, alcoholic, drug addict, uh, whatever it might be, you know, maybe they're sick and tired, maybe they really want to quit, why can't they just say, I'm not going to do it anymore? What is it that keeps drawing them back? Well, you know, believe it or not, Scott, there are a very, very, very small number of people that do that. Okay? Right. They just quit for some reason or another, and they're able to. But there's also a reason for that. Okay? There is different levels of addiction. There's also different types of addiction. And there's also different types of people that are addicts. Not all addicts will rob you and, and rape you and do all that. Uh, a lot, matter of fact, a lot of them are, are very astute people, business people, doctors, nurses. Yeah. You know, there's all kinds of people. So uh, addiction knows no boundaries, and it knows no. It doesn't. It doesn't um, care about what culture or what uh, what you are, who you are, how much money you have. Uh, it crosses all boundaries. So. The bottom line is, why can't they quit? There's a number of reasons that cause that, okay? And, and, and some of them is, are is that uh, their brain is offline. It's not working correctly. Look, you're throwing chemicals on something that God made, a beautiful brain, a beautiful computer. I'll put it that way, okay? So you got to look at it this way. You, you, like you have a computer over there, Scott. If it, it, it works great, okay? But the problem is if I... If he gets his virus, then it's two and two is now six. But the computer is a great computer. But the virus is infiltrating it, okay? And it's giving it wrong information. So therefore, it's acting in the wrong way. So that's what happens with the brain. The brain gets damaged. And that's what I keep telling people. And it's beyond my understanding why people don't understand that. I, I guess it's a little hard to understand, but I think the way you just put it with the virus and, you know, um, the the drugs or alcohol get into the brain, and it actually kind of rewires the brain to a certain extent so that the wrong information is being processed, right? I mean, well, what there, happens, is, there is a physical change. Absolutely. And you see, what also happens is people that are genetically predisposed, are, they have what is known as low dopamine or serotonin, okay? These are the feel-good drugs that we manufacture naturally. And that's what addicts, okay, people that have addictions, I don't want to just say alcohol and drugs because there's a lot of different things that right, people right. addicted to. This is what, they, they, what we're trying to do. We're trying to get dopamine, okay? We're trying to get serotonin. We want to get that buzz, that feeling good. And, and, and the problem is, is that we're using the wrong methodology to achieve that goal. And... Once you start, you know, it, it's like, look, I take a pill, I'm high, okay? Oh, I got to meditate? Oh, I got to exercise? Well, man, it's easy. I just take this pill and I can buzz around, mm. okay? But there's a price, and the price is very high. You know, it's like buying that cup that you have on your desk here that's maybe worth 50 cents, a dollar, $10, whatever, and paying $1,000 for that cup. Now, why would you want to pay $1,000 for a cup unless it was made of gold or something? Right. All right? 
So the bottom line is, is that the price you're paying for using is extremely high. You alienate yourself from all the people you love. You alienate yourself from a God of your understanding. You ever even believed in God, okay? You alienate yourself from all the possibilities that you can do with your life. You know, us addicts, what we do is uh, we play victim, poor me, and blame everybody. All right? Instead of looking at ourselves. And, 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 and family members can't understand this. They go, what did I do wrong? Why don't they listen? They have so much potential. I don't understand. But that's the problem. You don't understand. Well, let me ask you a question. Who smokes cigarettes here? So a couple of people raise their hand. Who drinks coffee every day? A couple. I said, I want you to quit for a month. And you should have heard them doing a the dance. Oh, wait, wait a second. Wow. What do you mean I have to quit? I said, look, look what you're going through. We all know cigarettes kill you. All right? And you're defending it. Okay, what do you think addicts do? It's 100 times worse. Wow. That's I a mean, good point. Yeah. I mean, what are you doing? You're talking about other people's behaviors. And then a person's 50 pounds overweight, and they're going, I don't understand why that guy's doing drugs. I look in the mirror. <laughs> you know, you actually, you, you were making, you mentioned family several times while you were talking just now. And that leads me into my next question that we hear a lot of, or we, we have a lot of people asking, is what is the best way for a family member to help somebody who they suspect has a problem? And let me take it one step further. What if they approach them and they are not responsive to talking about it? What should family members do? Are they helpless to do anything? Well, here's the deal, okay? I'm a family member of children that are addicts. Right. The only difference is, is that being a therapist and being a recovering addict myself, okay, I have the tools, okay, on how to deal with this stuff. And I'll give you a couple of instances, for instance. Okay. Okay. My son got arrested, okay, for being a lookout for people that were robbing houses. Calls me up from jail. He goes, Dad, Dad, you got to get me out. I says, get you out of what? He said, well, I'm in jail. I said, for what? And he told me. I said, well, you made a bad choice, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. I said, well, good. Stay there. Okay? I'm not getting you out. So we went to court because he, you know, he does drugs. So we went to court, and the judge knew me. And they said, well, John, I'm going to remand him to your custody. I said, Your Honor, may I speak? She said, sure. I said, would you put him on house arrest, please, number one? And number two, could you mandate him to treatment because he needs help? Because I don't want to be back here again? He says, absolutely. My son hated me. Hated me, okay? But that's what I needed to do. You see, it's not about the addict so much. It's about, oh, parents feeling bad. I don't want him to hate me. Right. Well, you want him to either hate you, not hate you, or you want to go to a funeral, his. Okay? Or maybe yours because you're stressed out. Yeah. Okay? So what I tell our people all the time is you can love your significant to death. These are hard choices. Somebody, their brain's not working right. Somebody's got to help them make that decision. Okay? And hopefully they get well, like my kids. All right? Uh, if they don't, you did the best you could. But just laying around, making like it doesn't exist, okay? Or saying, well, they don't want help, so I'm not even going to pay attention to them anymore. Okay, but then most parents don't. They buy them a car, they buy them an apartment if they can afford it. Um, they enable them somehow, some way. All right. Um, look, you want to know what to do? I'll tell you what to do. It's real simple. They want help? Help them. Because parents are more afraid that they're going to get blamed. or it's, the, it's not your fault that your son, your daughter, your, your husband, your wife, your whatever, your cousin makes a choice to do that. It's it's kind of a it, it's a strange paradox that they're concerned about losing them uh, to their addiction, but then on the other hand they're afraid of losing them if they draw a line about their addiction. So no, because they don't want to get blamed. Like, yeah, oh, it's, it's their it's, fault. Yeah. Oh, if I didn't let him go out, he maybe would have never died. Baloney. Don't yeah. believe that. That's garbage. They're gonna do what they're gonna do, addicts, regardless of what you say, what you do. Okay. Until they learn, until they hit bottom, whatever that means, okay, 
So for you parents out there, seek help. Get an interventionist to come in there, okay? Uh, I've done many interventions, all right? And, and, and the bottom line is it's, uh, it's kind of crazy when you start to look at the family dynamics. You know, I always said this, and maybe some families will get upset what I'm going to say is, I've always found out that families are sicker than the addict. Yeah. <laughs> no, it makes sense, John. I mean, they get all the craziness, and they don't even have the ability to get high. They just, all they get is, and they keep coming back for more. Well, and another thing is this. One of the addict's favorite songs is, well, you drink, you smoke pot, so why are you bothering me? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, for those who do that, okay? Uh, I mean, it's like almost like a cartoon that what's going on. If it wasn't so sad, it would be funny. And Yeah, I agree. So one of the points you made that you kind of was the enabling. Uh, now, you certainly can't affect and, and make somebody want to get sober. You can't. You, I mean, you could certainly push them in the right direction and do different things, but you can't make somebody. But I'll tell you what you can do is you can absolutely enable them and make it worse. Uh, enabling is about the worst thing you can do by protecting them from their disease, well, right? Well, you see, everybody's talking about put the, the, put the addict to treatment. Well, let, let me explain something to all of you out there. Okay. Everyone needs to go to treatment. Everyone. All the family members that are involved with this person and the person. You need to go to Al-Anon or Naranon. You need help, too. You need help to deal with your own pain, your anguish, your own stress, and how to deal with the crazy addict that you love and hate at the same time. <laughs> well, you just answered my next question because I was going to say, you know, uh, family members are a lot of times are suggested go to Al-Anon, learn how to take, and their first response is, I'm not the one with the problem. Right. Well, so guess what is what? it they need to do, John? Why do they need to do that? Well, Besides, real, you said they're sick simple. too, but a lot of the addicts live at home with with the yeah. with the significant other or the family members, and. I don't have the problem. They do. Well, guess what? You have the problem living with you. So, right. therefore, you got the problem. Absolutely. All right? And if they're not living with you, they're living in your head. All right? So, they're renting space in your head for free. So, who has the problem? Everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you had to, if you had to like, uh, point out, uh, and I know this is really hard to do, but... Again, we're talking to people who don't have a lot of experience with addiction and they're trying to learn. You know, what are some really, what are the, if you had to pick the keys to a successful recovery? Um, I, I think before, it, it can't be as simple as just go to meetings. It's got to, is there a key to? What? Absolutely. It's like anything else in life. But before we go on to that, let, let's, I'd like to talk about why the family members or the significant others have a hard time with this. First oh, of yeah, all, please. they're angry. Right. Okay. That's number one. Number two, they blame themselves, some of them. Okay. And and, and, and number three, they feel taken advantage of. Okay. Because yeah. they allowed it, but, you know, right. it's like reverse. The addict blames everybody, and the family members blame the addict. <laughs> Knowledge is powerful, but if there's no action, it's worthless. It's like your, my mother-in-law, God rest her soul, had a driver's license. She never drove a car. She took the test, and that was it. She never drove the car because she had anxiety. She was afraid of crashing. Wow. So what good was the license? <laughs> okay? So it, it's the same thing. Look, this journey of recovery, okay, is a journey of learning how to live a quality life. Look, I know a lot of addicts and alcoholics and eating disordered people. They list all, a lot of people that have addictions. They stop drugs and alcohol, okay? But that's only the beginning of the journey. First of all, they wind up dying from heart attacks, obesity, especially heroin addicts. They get very overweight. Right, right. Okay. Uh, they become carboholics, actually. Uh, and what happens is if they don't take care of their body and they don't take care of the whole the gift that God gave us, this, this beautiful body that we have, okay, and mind and spirit and soul, you don't take care of it, it's not going to take care of you. I mean, I worked my butt off, okay, I'm 74 years old, 
I don't want to be taking medications and 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 wind up in hospital stays and uh, and all. I look for anything and everything that can help me, okay, live a quality life. You know how to get rid of my stress, or at least minimize the damn thing. Look, stuff happens in life. People die. People get betrayed. People get divorced. People lose jobs. I mean, come on, man. That's life, okay? You know, people say, well, I don't have any money, and that's why this, you know. Well, you have something that was a gift, and God gave us, I believe, this gift of life, and it's what you do with that life is your gift back to God, if you believe in God, or higher power, or whatever you want to call it. I don't really care, okay? So the bottom line is, is that you have to take care of this. Otherwise, what good is, 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 is stopping drugs and alcohol or anything like that and, and, and walking around where you're, you're not happy, you're, you're sick all the time, and all you do is, you know, when people get older, you know what they talk about? Have I got a doctor for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what medication are you on? <laughs> okay? And, and, and the older people go, does he drive at night? You know, because it's, I mean, for God's sake, okay, getting older, uh, you know, if you don't take care of yourself, it's a, it could be a life of misery. Absolutely. Absolutely. John, we're, we're, I mean, we're flying through our time here today, but I wanted to get two more in very quickly, two okay. more questions that I think are very important. Uh, first, is it ever too late to ask for help? Yes. I mean, because some people... No, no, that's a good question. Oh, okay, all right. You know, yes, it is too late. You know when it's too late? When? When you're dead. When you're dead. You can't ask. <laughs> I think I ask because some people are like, no, they're too far gone. Or, no, they've been doing this too long, they're never going to change. And some people put that on people. But, uh, listen, I mean, you and I both know, we've seen people change that well, even well, us, even us at times said there's no way. Listen, and they do it. Let me tell you something. People I thought that would get this, didn't, and people I thought that wouldn't get it, got it. You know, I worked at a, a 55-bed indigent facility that people that have HIV and had psychiatric components as well as addiction. These were homeless people that were eating out of dumpsters. The only place they had to go was either death or up in recovery. All right? A lot of them chose recovery. Some of them chose death. Right. Okay. But these people were like lost everything, had nothing anymore. The dignity, everything was gone. Okay. Some of them were millionaires at one time, believe it or not. Because of their addiction, lost everything wow. family members, everything. And I don't know if some people can relate to losing everything. The only thing they had left is this gift that was given to them at birth. Okay. And a lot of them decided to change and to appreciate what they did have instead of what they don't have. And that's why we do this program, to give back what was so freely given to us by people that I thought were full of shit in plain English, okay? <laughs> that I couldn't believe that they would want to help somebody they don't know. I was wondering what angle they were, you know, I'm a street kid looking for the angle they had. Yeah, the angle was they wanted to help me. Okay? I stuck around because this stuff works. And it was working when I didn't even know it worked. Everybody <laughs> was telling me that I was getting better, and I told them they're nuts. I feel like shit in plain English. Okay, did you use today? I said, no. They said, yeah, it's already better. Right. So that's my message. Well, I appreciate it, John, and I know I hit you with some questions that you weren't expecting and stuff, but these are things that people ask. Um, now, they can go and get more information about you and how to contact you by going to johnjgiordano.com and uh, certainly contact you that way. You're, you're always willing to help and answer questions. Absolutely. Look, I'm in, on the website, I think there's about 49 medical and scientific peer-reviewed journals. Okay? Uh, I believe in going to the science end not just the talking end, okay? So everything I have is evidence-based. All the knowledge I pass on to you is that, do we do more research? There's always more research. Yeah, you know? yeah. Remember, we're a society of more. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, and anybody who thinks they always have the answers, 
I know, know, usually know what means, I, they, means, means they know nothing. No, you know what I know? I don't know. As long yeah. as I can stay as a student, I'm in good shape. All I got to know is that what I know today might not be the truth tomorrow. So wake up tomorrow and look at tomorrow's truth and, and keep learning. That's all there is to it, John. Nothing else. Um, and, and we appreciate everybody out there uh, watching, and we hope you'll encourage others to watch. And, of course, uh, this is uh, shown uh, several places, including the ATC Network on YouTube, so make sure you like that please, and subscribe uh, please, to that. Please do me a fa us a favor and, and, and uh, share it with everybody on your network. Maybe we can help one life. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow, one life. Think of that. And that's important. One life is important all the time. Make sure you tune in for our next show. We're going to talk uh, specifically about choosing treatment centers, which I think really needs to be talked about. We're going to dedicate a whole show to that because there's a lot of things that people get tripped up on, and maybe they're looking at the wrong things, John. Oh, let me tell you maybe something. Maybe they like it's, the pictures of the ponies, right? It's, right. It's a, ni <laughs> it's a nightmare out there. Well, we're going to talk specifically about that. But for now, uh, for John Giordano, I'm Scott Jones. We want to thank you so much for joining us right here on How to Beat Your Addiction. We'll see you next time. Adios.